Amen. What a good pinch hit there tonight. And they made those kids sing obedience to the Lord, and what a great thing for kids to learn at an early age. But listen, as big kids, we too should be obedient to the Lord in every way in our lives. And so I'm so glad you're here tonight. Take your Bibles if you would, and we're going to be in the book of Job for most of our study tonight. And uh, we're continuing our series on Stand for Truth. And uh, like I mentioned this morning, God kind of put on my heart uh, uh, quite a few weeks ago about, uh, I guess, just things that I've been observing in the world that we live in. Uh, so many things are, are missing. You know, you ever, you, ever had, uh, you ever had something to eat and you're ready to sink your teeth into it and you take a bite of it or you take a spoon of it? And you realize as you're tasting it, something is missing. Uh, they left something out. And, uh, and you're like, I don't know what it is, but it just it doesn't taste right. Well, when you think about who we are, who we should be, and of course the Bible says Christians should be salt and light in this world, I really believe that we should live above reproach. I believe that Christians ought to be the best at their job. I believe that everywhere we go, everything we do, the Bible says, do it heartily as unto the Lord. And we are to be men and women that have integrity. And I really believe that this is what's missing in so many people's lives is this ingredient that the Bible talks about, and that is this matter of integrity. Now, I'll let you remain seated tonight, but I want to look at a verse and we'll kind of use it. And again, it'll direct us to uh, the book of Job and the life of Job. But James writes in James chapter 5 and verse 11, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Now, his life, as well as many others in the Bible, are people that walked in integrity, people like Daniel, uh, that we see uh, uh, integrity in his life. Joseph, another man of great integrity. Again, probably the greatest example is Jesus, a man of integrity while he was on this earth. And because of that integrity, God not only blessed their life, listen tonight, but he promoted them. Uh, God honored them. God favored them. And there are others in the Bible because every time you find somebody that is doing right, you find others that may not have had integrity, had a lack of character. And because that they did not have integrity, the Bible clearly shows that we shall reap what we sow, and they suffered the consequences of not being a man or a woman of integrity. I like the psalm there, Psalm 2611. He writes, but as for me, again, I can't dictate what you do with your life or how you're going to live for the Lord, but the psalmist says, as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. I will live a life of integrity. Now, what is this word? What is this idea or this trait that we're talking about tonight? Now, Webster defines integrity by this definition. It is a moral soundness uh, or purity. It's an uprightness. It's an honesty. 
So when we think about integrity, there is much to be said. Integrity uh, comprehends the whole moral character of a person. It really brings everything, moral soundness, purity, uprightness, honesty. A person's integrity, as somebody said, as a person's integrity is, so is their character. See, they go hand in hand, a person's integrity, a person's character. You know, somebody said this, I think it's a great illustration. Christians are like tea bags. You never really know what is in them until they are in hot water. And in your life, a lot of times we think about the predicaments, the circumstances that we find ourselves in. I mentioned a few. Joseph. Joseph was treated the way he was by his brothers. Joseph was thrown in a pit. Joseph was sold into slavery. Joseph was promoted by God into Potiphar's house. Potiphar's wife lied about something that she said that Joseph did, and he was falsely accused, found himself back in prison. He helped a butler and a baker with some dreams that they had, and they forgot about him, but in time, God promoted him. Time and time and time again, we see Joseph's character, we see his integrity, we see his moral soundness, his purity. How about Daniel? You know, you look at the hot water that Daniel found himself in, and yet he was a man of integrity. Uh, they they uh, told Daniel that they had signed a decree that he could not pray to God. What did he do? He prayed to God like he had done before God. Understand that integrity is something that is very important, and not only our integrity, but our character, because as a person's integrity is, so is their character. Now, what is character? It's moral excellence, and it's firmness. As Christians, we should have the highest integrity and the highest of character, but today, many fall short of showing these two qualities in their lives. Integrity is something that is not modeled today in our world. People that are in possession of firm principles, and I hope you're living a life being led and guided by the principles of God's Word, but people that are in possession of firm principles are people who steadfastly adhere to high moral principles or professional standards. It's like the Bible says here in Proverbs 10.9, He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his ways shall be known. Now the word there in Proverbs 10.9, the word surely means that there is no cause to fear. See, listen, when we are doing right, when we are living with integrity, when we are uh, uh, having moral excellence in our lives and we are being honest in this world that we live in, we have no cause or no reason to fear. Again, he that walketh uprightly walketh surely. Somebody with integrity, somebody said, is one that operates in a way that causes them to seek the right way first. So many times people are looking for the easy way. 
or the wrong way. But somebody that has integrity is looking for the right way first. We need to be men and women of integrity. And when we look at Job's life and the story of Job's life, all of us are familiar right off the bat from chapter 1 of the sufferings and the losses that came into his life. And really those uh, helped to see the example of Job and how he was a man of integrity under the most trying of times. But we just read there, James recorded how we've heard of the patience of Job. All that he went through, some of you can identify. Some of the things you've gone through or are going through. And again, the integrity, patience is what Job had. Patience and endurance are really the trademarks of Job's integrity. Look what the Bible says if you're there or in your notes in Job chapter number 1, the very first verse of this book in the Bible, which many consider to be the oldest of the books of the Bible. In Job 1, 1, the Bible says, There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And notice the description, that man was perfect and upright. And of course, we understand there that none of us are perfect in our understanding of the word, being flawless or so on. There's none of us are good. The Bible says, no, not one. It's talking about a maturity there. It says he was perfect and upright, one that feared God, and he eschewed evil. So we find here right away, it's talking about this man that this was no accident that Job was this way. By the way, it did not come naturally for Job to be this way. He was a man that had integrity. He chose to live righteously. He chose, like Noah and others in their day, he chose to live a godly life. And listen, can I say to you that you need to understand, just like everyone that needs to understand, that if we choose, like Job did, to live a godly life, our lives will impact others around us, uh, whether it's neighbors, co-workers, children, grandchildren. You see, what Job chose, and this is so vital, is he chose a relationship with God. Again, look what it says. It says he was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. He had this relationship. No one forced Job or coerced him into serving God and living for God. He wanted to. He wanted to live for the Lord. God was so pleased with the choice that Job had made and the relationship that he had with God that God actually showed Job off to Satan. Look at verse 8 of chapter 1. The Lord said unto Satan, just consider that thought. God, God brings it up. God says, hey, listen, have you ever thought about my servant Job? Notice what he says. Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? Now notice what God says about him, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. We see the repetition there, again, how God brings that same description of him up. And I love what somebody said, God always tests us to bring out the best while Satan tempts us to bring out the worst. 
see, God is working all things together for what? For good, right? God always tests us. Now, Satan wants to tempt us. You see, there are, there's a difference in that. And as Job lived for God, we all know the story. Satan tried his best to ruin Job's life, to ruin Job's testimony, to ruin Job's integrity. But I love this story, and again, it's not just a story, but we see how, how that God allowed, and again, think about this, nothing happens, everything in our lives is father-filtered. God allows things to happen in our lives. What did God allow to happen in Job's life? Well, Job, we know the story, he lost his wealth. Then he lost his family. Then he lost his health. I mean, that's, that's scraping the bottom. He, in today's standards, he lost it all. Most people would be so despondent, they would say there's just no reason to live. But you see, integrity chooses the right way in spite of the circumstances. And so utter despair could have filled Job's heart, but Job never gave up. Look at the Bible says in Matthew 10 and verse 22, Jesus said, you should be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. God says, listen, I want you in your life, when you go through situations, when you go through circumstances, listen, if we're going to stand for the truth, we must be men and women of integrity. Job was put to the test. Dr. David Jeremiah said integrity is keeping a commitment even after circumstances have changed. See, sometimes we say, well, listen, I made that commitment before this happened. No, no, no. Dr. Jeremiah said it's keeping that commitment even after the circumstances have changed. So let's learn something about this missing ingredient known as integrity. A few thoughts tonight, and really meant more probably as a Bible study, but I hope it will be a blessing to you. Notice, first of all, integrity is not controlled by wealth. Boy, you know money changes everything, doesn't it? Boy, some people get some of it. And they soon become a different person. Now, money's not evil. The Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Well, certainly Job was a very wealthy man. He had pretty much what he would need. He was rich materially. But here's what I love about him is that in spite of the things that he had, the riches that he had, Job valued spiritual things more. Just think about that. Where is your value tonight? What is it that you place the highest priority? I see so many Christians, and listen, I'm not, I have no one in mind. I, I, I don't have an axe to grind, but I see so many Christians that are, that are sacrificing their family and sacrificing time in the house of God all for the almighty dollar. Just make a little bit more. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Money doesn't buy happiness. Some of the most miserable people that I know are people that have so much money they don't even know what to do with it. But see, I love this matter of integrity because 
When I look at Job's life, I see that integrity is not controlled by wealth. Job had his priorities in order. You know what his priorities were? God first, then my family, and then myself. See, he had his priorities. The things of this world were last in his life. He possessed, here it is, he possessed his possessions while he had them, but they did not possess him. See, I, I love that because so many times we are, we, we are known by what we have. You know what Job had? Job had a personal relationship with God. He feared God. He eschewed evil. You see, he was a man of integrity because he did not allow himself to be controlled by his wealth. Now, I love this little Jewish proverb. It's an old Jewish proverb. Here's what it says. If you want to know what a man is really like, take notice of how he acts when he loses his money. (laughs) Now, some Jews might get that better than others. But a lot of times that's what happens. When you take somebody's money, I worked for that. I earned that. You know, I made that. And you take that away from them and you'll really find out what that tea bag is all about, right? So look, understand that integrity is not controlled by wealth. And we see that in Job's life. Look at the second thing that I see from Job's life is integrity withstands discouragement. Wow. So many today. I hope a message like this morning encouraged your heart. But I see so many Christians that are down, discouraged. I get it. Every day we face things. I face things. But look, you can't take the joy that God gives to me because God put that joy in my heart. By the way, when Brother Kenny's singing that song, I've got joy, like I have joy. It's right there, all right? waiting for him to figure out some kind of sign that I can do for my wife, you know. I'll just point at her. But integrity withstands discouragement. Now, do you think that Job could have easily been discouraged that all his children were dead? Do you think he could have been discouraged that all of his money was gone? Do you think that while he sat in that pile of ashes, Scraping the sores on his body. Do you think he could have been discouraged? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But I find here, because of his integrity, I don't see a man that's discouraged. Now, as we read through this story of his life, his health is gone, his children are dead. Job only had, listen, he only had his wife, and his friends. That's what he had. And he tried to turn to them for understanding and encouragement. But when he turned to them, he found neither. I mean, think about it. A lot of times, and look, be careful about who you choose to go to when you're going through difficult times because iron sharpens iron. Oftentimes, we go to the we go to somebody else, instead of helping us up, they're going to pull us down with them. God's people should never go to this world to receive counsel. 
I'm not saying it's all bad, but understand that where you need to go is to God and to His Word and to someone that is a believer who has a Christocentric view of things because our lives are built on God and His Word. Many times we go to the world. But I find here that Job had his wife, he had his friends, and here he is sitting in this ash heap, and his lovely wife questions his integrity. I mean, talk about kicking someone while they're down. She questions her husband's character. Notice what the Bible says here in Job chapter 2, in verse 9. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Wow, what an encouragement, you know, with friends like that. Now, again, here she is. Not encouraging, not helping. I love the fact that that one word there that really gets me is, Dost thou still? Do you get it? He had integrity before, and he still had his integrity. Even though his wealth and his children, I hope some of this is hitting home tonight. Because oftentimes the integrity that God desires for us to have is not there because of what's happened in our lives. Shouldn't change anything. You still love God? God's still on the throne. God still loves you. Here's Job and his wife comes to him. But Job is greater than his discouragement. Notice the next verse there, Job 2.10. So here's his response when his wife says, why don't you just curse God and die? Notice what he says to her. Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we not receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? And the Bible says, and in all this did not Job sin with his lips. He wouldn't go there. He took the right way. He says, look, that's for you. If that's what you want, if that's how you feel, but as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. I'm not going there. And the Bible says in all this, then his friends come. I mean, if it wasn't enough for all the moral support that he got from his wife, then his friends come and they see Job in his predicament, and they're shocked at what has gone on in his life. You know why they're shocked? Because they saw a man that feared God and eschewed evil, that had been a a stalwart in their life and in their community, and then they see him, and this is what they're thinking, what a broken man. How pathetic. Now remember, God allowed this to happen. You see, God was using Job in his wife's life and in his friends' lives. Some amazing conversations go on throughout this entire book, but his friends mistakenly judge him. 
about the circumstances that are happening in his life. And to Job's credit, even while they are mistakenly judging him, he did not let their criticisms destroy his integrity. Look at what it says here in Titus chapter 2. And these are some great thoughts here. In how many things? Now watch this. Showing thyself a pattern of good works. Folks, listen. God says, I don't want you just to be just to have integrity one time in your life. He says, I want there to be a, a pattern. I want there to be something in your life that even when the circumstances change, you are still going to retain your integrity. And the Bible says in Titus, look at this, showing thyself in all things a pattern of good works, and notice in doctrine what you believe, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of a contrary part, Job's friend, Job's wife, may be ashamed. Notice he says, having no evil thing to say of you. What an amazing thought. You keep your integrity. You keep your eyes on God. Let others think what they want. Let them criticize you. Let them say to you, why don't you just curse God? But you keep your integrity. You see, integrity withstands discouragement. Notice another thought from his life. Integrity worships anyhow. Worships anyhow. I Sometimes I, listen, and I, again, I, I, I say, Lord, many times, Lord, help me to keep my spirit in check. And listen, my heart's always heavy when people go through things. I, I hate to see it. Listen, I don't enjoy going through things myself. But I see things happen in people's lives. And just like that man I talked to yesterday, here's what people do. They quit on God. Well, God, God shouldn't allow this to happen. So I'm not going to worship him anymore. I'm quitting church. Why should I worship God? Look what God did. Look here, I'm sitting here. My children are gone. My wealth is gone. My health is gone. I'm sitting here in a pile of ashes. And you know what Job decides? I'm going to worship anyhow. That's integrity. Now, the word worship, it's a great word. It's a shortened form of the old English word worth-ship. Worth-ship. There's a T-H there. And that actually is a word indicating the worthiness of God. That he is worthy to be worshipped. Remember what they said about Jesus when people were worshipping him? And they said only God should be worshipped. Well, listen, they got it right. And he was God, and he was worthy of their worship. And by the way, when we come to the house of God, or we make an altar in our house, or in our car, he is worthy of our worship. And understand, so many times when things happen in our lives, people decide, well, 
I'm just not going to worship God anymore. But integrity worships anyhow. Job's integrity was seen in his, listen, his continued desire to worship the Lord. Despite all that had happened in his life, he just continued to worship God. Someone acquit on God. The first sign of adversity that happens in their life, they just want to quit on God. But Job trusted God. And listen, he trusted God, listen to me tonight, through the best of times and through the worst of times. Look what the Bible says here in Job 23. Notice the Bible says here that as you look at this in verse 10, he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps, his way hath have I kept and not declined, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Wow. I mean, that's a man that says, look, no matter what happens, through the best of times, through the worst of times, see, Job, even in his own life, as you study the story of his life, he began to examine things in his heart, things about his life. He was looking to see if there was anything in his life that actually led to his downfall. But you see, integrity worships anyhow. Notice another thing about integrity. Integrity refuses to blame God. People want to get into the blame game. And certainly, it's not our fault. <laughs> We're never wrong, right? We want to blame somebody, and God is oftentimes an easy target for us. But Job correctly recognized, listen, he recognized in his life that all of his material blessings came from the Lord. But here's the difference. Job also recognized that all his losses came from the Lord. Look at Job 1, verse 21. Job said this, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor did he charge God foolishly. Job said, you know what I came into this world with? A big goose egg. I had nothing but my birthday suit. And he says, you know what I'm going to leave with? The sand. But notice he says that the Lord gave. Remember, you came in with nothing. God gave and God could take. You know why? Because it's all His. Be careful about holding on too tightly to the things of this world. You see, integrity refuses to blame God. Job said, look, God has blessed me materially, but God has the right to take what He wants because ultimately it is His. And while Job did maybe not did not fully understand why this was happening. I love the fact because of his integrity, he didn't blame God. He didn't get sour on God. He defended his losses as he did his blessings as just being a part of the will of God for his life. Look at the Bible says in Philippians 3, Yea, doubtless, and I count, Paul said, all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, 
for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, he says, that I may win Christ. You see, listen, living for God, God never promised you that your life would be a life of ease. Why do we so falsely believe that it's going to be smooth sailing all the time? God never promised that. Notice Matthew 5, 45, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he, God, maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Now, I'm going to tell you something. God loves you. God loves Job. And how foolish are we to blame God? When really what we ought to do is have the spirit and attitude of Job and realize just as God gives, God can take. And if God chooses to take, then remember, he's working all things together for good to them that love him. See, integrity does not blame God. Notice another thing from his life. Integrity relies on God. Integrity relies on God. Peter said, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. God knows how to deliver us. So what did Job do? Job just hung in there for this long time. Now, in our Bible, it's 42 chapters. One of the longer books in the Old Testament, but Job hung in there. He never gave up. He never lost his confidence in the Lord. He continued to rely on God. His faith in God actually propelled him to look forward to the day in his life when the Lord would redeem him, when God would one day restore him. Hey, listen, I hope you're looking forward to that day too. Look at the Bible says there in Job 19, verse 25. Job says, for I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God, or shall I see God. So understand that he's looking forward to that day in faith that God would restore him, that God would redeem him. Oswald Chambers said, it is not our trust that keeps us, but it's the God in whom we trust who keeps us. You see, God is keeping us, and we can trust. Job was relying on God. Where's your faith in God today? I can still remember I'd only had a few opportunities to hear Dr. Lee Robertson, but I I could hear those words and that big bony finger as he stood and preached time and time again and just said, have faith in God. That's what Job did. See, despite all that happened in his life, Job's integrity was one that relied on God. Job's life displayed a confidence not in his ability to trust, but it was in the one in whom he totally trusted. It was in the Lord. The Bible says, and I know you know these verses, Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding, and in all thy ways acknowledge him, the Bible says, and he shall direct thy path. You see, integrity relies on God. Notice, sixthly, 
Integrity repents of sin. You see, if you notice, we're kind of progressing in this story of Job's life. Many things had happened, and we don't have the time necessarily to cover all of them. But we come to the place where Job, we see, had lived a life that was considered a righteous life, a life of integrity. Like so many, Job thought that because of the life that he was living, that he had some in spiritual insight. Now, can I tell you that worshiping the Lord and obeying His Word does not automatically guarantee spiritual understanding. And sometimes we think it does. They go hand in hand. But what happened was, in Job's life, he finally saw something that he had never seen before. You ever had that happen? You ever had that happen when you're reading your Bible? You're reading along something you've read time and time again, and all of a sudden you see something, and you're like, wait a minute, did God just put that there? You know, I've, I never saw that before. You know, you had an epiphany. But Job, so many times, had seen the Lord. So many times he had spent time with God. And like us, many times, he thought that he had some type of spiritual insight. And many times we feel the same way. But when Job finally saw the Lord in a way that he had not imagined before his trial, something happened. Look what the Bible says. In the very last chapter, in Job 42, in verse 5, here's what he says. I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth thee. And notice what he says. When when he gets a good glimpse of who God really is, here's what he says. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. Folks, when you finally see God for who He is, you see so many people today, Christian people, really don't see God for who He is. He's a holy God. He's a God that will not allow sin to have its way in our lives. He will not let you sin successfully. Whom he loves, he chastens. God allowed all this in Job's life. Now again, from chapter 1, verse 1, Job wasn't a bad guy. He loved God. He had a relationship with God. He feared Him. He eschewed evil. But he was missing something. All the things that had happened in his life. And when he looked at God, folks, when you look at God, it will help you to see who you really are. And you know who we are? We're sinners. We don't deserve the good of God. And integrity is something that as we come like Job, we repent of sin. We see ourselves for who we really are. Job said in chapter 40 in verse 4, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay mine hand upon mine eyes. 
Can I tell you on this Sunday night, learn from this. Learn from this man that we should keep a humble spirit and that we should admit that we are nothing and that we should admit that the Lord fills all of creation with His glory. You see, integrity repents. But then notice the end of the story. Integrity will be rewarded. Sometimes people wonder, well, what's this all about? I mean, is it really worth it to live a life of integrity? Well, can I just tell you, and I'll summarize here, but out of the ashes of sickness and despair, you know what happens? Complete restoration. Complete restoration. You see, only God can do that. Only God can change a life, change a heart. But it all came, it all stemmed out of Job's willingness. Listen, his willingness to ask forgiveness. He asked forgiveness as well as, watch this, he also wanted to grant forgiveness to others. You see, that's God's inner working in our lives. And all of this asking for forgiveness and willing to grant forgiveness was the gateway to his own deliverance. God allowed him to be delivered. Repentance and mercy brought Job's forgiveness and blessing once again. And you find this as God begins to reward him for his integrity. You know the story, what happened was his friends, they do come back, and each one of his friends actually gives Job a small portion of their wealth. And he is blessed, he is rewarded. And then his past goodness, we see, was actually returned to him. See, there had been a time where Job who was so blessed, had been a friend to everyone. He had extended himself. He had been a friend to them. He had given to them and helped them along the way. And it reminds me of what the Bible says, and I shared this the other night with our couples in our class. Notice Ecclesiastes 11.1, and this is one of my favorite verses. Notice, cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. You know, that's what happened to Job. Job did not give to his friends so that he could get. He just wanted to be a blessing. And here, because he retained his integrity, what happened was the bread that he had cast upon the waters, it came back to him. You see, his friends rewarded him. His friends gave back to him. Job then was given a double portion of what he possessed before the trial. And I love this, how that not only was he given a double portion, but he was also given, the Bible says, a long life to enjoy it. Look what it says there in Job 42 and verse 10. The Lord turned the captivity of Job. Look at that phrase again. God turned the captivity of Job. When did he do that? When he prayed for his friends. Also, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. You see, he was rewarded. And then look at verse 16. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his sons and his sons' sons even four generations. Hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You can't outgive God. 
And here's Job, a man that retained his integrity. When he came to the place where he made the right decision and he was willing to ask for forgiveness and then to grant it to others, his friends blessed him, rewarded him. God gave him not what he had before, but a double portion. And then notice God gave him 140 more years to serve him and to enjoy all the blessings that God had given him. Now let me summarize this tonight because Job surely was a man of integrity. He served the Lord out of choice. In our nation today and even in our churches, there's been a falling away, a breakdown, and a compromise of integrity. Integrity won't crack when it stands alone. Integrity won't crumble when it's put under pressure. Integrity demands that we stand for what is right and we do the right thing at all times. Integrity says, I may not like the law, but I will obey it. Integrity says, I may not like the person at work, but I will honor the position. Integrity says, I may not like the direction that our nation is going, but I will pray for God's intervention in our country. Integrity says, I will obey God first, even if it means I suffer for doing the right thing. Our integrity, yours and mine, is put to the test every day and in many different circumstances and in every situation. And the key, listen, is that just like Job, you're being watched closely. What will you do when your life, like that tea bag, is put in the hot water? Will your integrity remain? How will you respond? Proverbs 20, verse 7, The just man walketh in his integrity. Listen, his children are blessed after him. Why? Because he walked in his integrity. He did not give in. He did not quit. He did not blame God. He did not quit. He chose to worship God anyway. And when we walk in integrity, you know what we do? We honor the Lord. You see, the choice of our walk matching our talk or our behavior matching our beliefs or our character matching our convictions is left to us. As for me, how about you tonight? Is there something missing in your life? I hope it's not integrity. I hope it's something that you will say, I need that in my life. I want to be a man, a woman of integrity. Let's bow our heads tonight. Let's stand to our feet. Lord, I pray that you'd help us not only tonight, but every day. That verse earlier, Job's wife making that awful statement to her husband going through this very difficult trying time. But the Bible says that he still, you see, before the circumstances, during the circumstances, after the circumstances. Lord, help us to maintain our integrity, walk in integrity. God, may we do the right thing first and do the right thing all the time. I pray, pray that you'd bless this time of invitation in Jesus' name. As Brother Kenny begins to sing, why don't you come tonight? Come tonight and say, God, help me. Some of you right now are going through some things.
you ought to come tonight and say, Lord, you know these circumstances. You've allowed them. Help me to be like Job. Help me to keep my integrity. Some of you need to be honest with yourself. Say, I know there are people watching. People at work, my children. And I don't want to let you down, Lord. And I don't want to let them down. Will you keep your integrity? Honesty. Purity. Moral soundness. Let him have his way.